This is Doug Friedman. And this is Meredith Levy. And we are your hosts. We're joined today by Rebecca, who is one of the MBTI babes. You can find them on social media if you search MBTI.babes. And MBTI, Myers-Briggs type indicator, that is what we're talking about and breaking down. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you for having me, Doug and Meredith. Our pleasure. Very welcome. Oh, excited. Excited to take a deep dive. You guys looking forward to diving into yourself and the way you think and taking information? Always. I mean, yes and no, just the good stuff. So let's just <laughs> start with that. <laughs> so we have done the Enneagram, we've done astrology and the Myers-Briggs. I think people might not know it by name. I think they do, but they know a lot of the initials and the indicators, but they don't really know what it is, why it is, where it came from. And it's something that you've used professionally and personally in your life. So can you give us just a little bit of what it is. And if you want to share your story of how you came to it too, love to hear that. So MBTI is based on a theory proposed by uh, psychiatrist Carl Jung. And he basically speculated that people experience the world using four psychological functions, sensation, intuition, feeling, and thinking. And that one of those four functions is dominant, the person, most of their life. So 90% of the time you spend in your dominant function, that's basically the concept of what he said. So in a very simple snapshot way, I'm sure I'm going to get shit for simplifying it that much, but <laughs> I mean, thank, thank you for simplifying it for me. Is the dominant function, the four of those, each one that you pick? So that's a really good question. So this is a good gateway drug conversation here. So a lot of people are introduced, including myself uh, to the MBTI through the 16 personalities test, which is actually in my humble opinion, because everyone loves my opinions, is not extremely accurate for determining your cognitive functions. So they simplify it by using letters, four letters, and people think it's either I versus either you're either an introvert or an extrovert, which is true in a way. But the first function can either be, don't forget, thinking, sensing, intuition, or feeling. Mm. So it gets deeper than the four letters. It's actually eight cognitive functions. Uh, and I could talk about that in a very simple way, what the introverted version of the function looks like and what the extroverted function looks like. Oh, so is that why the test that I did showed the percentage? Yeah. Okay. I think both of you took two very good tests that I recommend. Uh, Keys to Cognition is a really great one. And I would also recommend Sarkinorva. And they kind of measure how how much introverted thinking you do versus how much extroverted thinking you do mm. and extroverted thinking like myself and like Meredith, and which we'll get into in a little bit, think out loud. And I'm assuming sure Doug do. thinks <laughs> introvertedly inside. So whenever Meredith's solving a problem, she's like, wait, I'm doing this. And she's very extroverted with her thinking. And Doug is probably like, hmm, let me think, you know, <laughs> like, let's think inside. So it's a very, uh, yeah. So th that's a very simple way to look at TE versus TI. I wanted to talk about how I got into it. I actually had a boss who we butt heads a lot. And she said, do you know your Myers-Briggs type? And I'm like, uh, no. Took the test and I was actually mistyped as an ESFJ. And she thought that I was such a sweetie, like caring Enneagram 2 type vibe, very loving, very is everyone okay type person, all into small talk, all into like, you know, aesthetics and like looking good and stuff. And 
I'm a really rough around the edges, straightforward kind of talker. So when she <laughs> changed her vibe with me being like, oh, it's so good to see you today, Rebecca, you look nice. I'm like, the fuck's going on here? I'm like, uh, <laughs> it felt very un, like, it, it just, it got worse. And I felt, I felt that things needed to change. So I actually went to a professional and they said, you couldn't be further from an ESFJ or an ESTJ. The one letter off, your personalities are totally different. You're like the most left-brained personality. And hmm. she was more... Oh, is everyone okay type person, which is mm. no one personality type is better than the other, but we just, we butt heads for that reason. She was focused on people and I was focused on goals and getting shit done. Right. And it was, uh, I left that job about six months later, you know, it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> we learned a lot from that experience. <laughs> right. Was it the kind of thing that if you were not going to be leaving that job in six months, that knowing your your type would have helped her just sort of recalibrate how she approaches you or what she expects from you? Because I, I know a lot of companies use Myers-Briggs and even have employees take the test so that they can figure out how to... They do? Oh, yeah. It's a corporate tool. Yeah. What? You're not allowed to like hire based on that, but you can basically structure your roles around that and use words that might appeal to someone like myself or Meredith. And again, I keep t- I'm picking on Meredith, but we're, we're very similar. So I was like, <laughs> we got the same, the same things. So we're both ESTJs. <laughs> so for example, words that appeal to ESTJ are strategize, you know, systemize and project management type things, uh, things with a lot of detail too. So project, I actually do events management as my job right now. Oh. So I have big Gantt charts and timelines. I'm like, perfect. This is great for me. And I just love crossing that (laughs) off the list and doing that. It's just, we love efficiency and we love getting shit done. So that's, I love crossing off the list. It's It's (laughs) like one of my favorite things by far. Yeah. I really feel that MBTI can help you understand your behavior, but also if you're using it for good, which I'm learning to do, it can help you better understand other people. And really once you understand people's preferences, and not everyone um, uses logic to make decisions. Not everyone uses feelings to make decisions. Some people ideate more than they interact with the world in a sensory way. So again, I, I think it's important to kind of discuss those differences and, and we can respect those in each other, right? Yeah. Set me straight on this because I've heard people say, oh, I'm an ENFJ or I'm an ESTJ. You know, they'll say something and they'll say the letters and they'll say that's what they are as though we know what that means. It's like twofold. You would have to know what that means, know what the letters are, know what that combination of letters means. But it's also, okay, so knowing that about you, now what do I do? Do I relate to you differently or does it just explain how you're relating to me? Right. It could be both. In my opinion, if you know someone else's type, you can understand it based on how they spend most of their time. For example, you know, Meredith and I are both extroverted thinking doms, which means that we're very forward moving people. But sometimes people, um, maybe it's introverts, it could be overwhelming for introverts, for example. So if I underst- if I know that someone's an introvert, I'd probably take a step back and be like, oh, how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? And introverted Mm. feeling asks a person what they feel inside and introverted thinking is what do they think inside? So like Mm. you'll tap into those introverted functions so that that person might feel a little more comfortable instead of just the steamroll TE train, extroverted thinking train, just telling everyone (laughs) what to do, which is what we naturally do. I'm like, shit, this is not ideal for everybody. And a lot of, we got a bad rap for being just like mean people. And I'm like, we're just assertive. We're straight shooters. We like to get things done and we get a bad, especially as female, I think we get bad rap for being kind of a B. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can we go through, or should we go through Doug's like your thingy? Yeah, I'm down with that. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, so Doug, would you like to share your type for the world? Sure. 
I, and I hesitate only because I've, I think I go several different ways. The INFJ is probably classically what I'm closest to, but I think I'm, it's really interesting that why I took the test so many times, the two different tests repeatedly, partly because I'd like taking standardized tests, partly because I'm that kind of thinking guy, right? Yeah. I'm like an ambivert. I'm, I'm introverted and extroverted. And I've seen that I'm a, I'm a thinking and I'm a feeling, but then I also saw I'm, I'm sensing and intuitive. That was yes. weird. And it's something that my brain is trying not to look at it as just pseudoscience, like another astrological thing. And it's like, it could be anything. Who cares? What does it matter? Because it can change. And I think that's one knock on the Myers-Briggs is that you can take the test and say, this is my type and take it again a couple of weeks later and your type is different. An easy answer to that is, oh, well, we're constantly changing. Things are just moving and, and it's it's not necessarily understanding just the letters that come out in the test. So you can break it down, but knowing that piece that I just explained and knowing that my type, and I'm air quoting type, kind of fits yep. with, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of several of these, right? It's kind of several. Yeah, I know. That's a really good point. I actually just spoke to someone about MBTI recently about us kind of getting an adapted adaptive type. Like naturally, I may adapt to be a little more free flowing and laid back because society expects me to kind of roll, you know, be a little more adaptable and flexible with certain things. Because I think most of my life, for example, as an ESTJ, I've been very rigid and I've been kind of my way or the highway for so long, but it has distanced me from a lot of people. (laughs) Not like I give a shit, but at work, it makes you less productive. So I'm like, oh, I can't just yell over everyone. Okay. Uh, So I have to start asking people, how are we feeling about those? How, what are, what are you all thinking? And like, you know, trying to be more inclusive because I think society, um, has, uh, encouraged that. So it's true. You can develop different parts of your psyche and, uh, your ego. So you really do sound like an INFJ to me. And when I, when I spoke to you, um, in the beginning, I definitely got a sense that you're an introvert because you listen first and introverts don't feel compelled to fill the silence. And we know that that's difficult for me. <laughs> Have I done it yet? No. Have I not done it yet? I mean, no. So, um, introverted intuition is your dominant function. It's basically when you think about it, like the car and I'm referring to one of my favorite books by Joel Mark Witt and Antonia Dodge called personality hacker. If you all want a breakdown of the functions, it's really, really clear and uh, easily understandable. So they talk about a car model. So your driver function, as I mentioned before, is your dominant function. And it's where you spend most of your time. They say about 90% of your time. And as I said before, INFJ's driver function dominant function is introverted intuition, which is why Doug listens first. And he can shift into other people's perspectives, doing it quietly to himself. So he's able to gather his own insight internally without external intuitive patterns that he's seeing. He's able to tap into himself Mm. and say, hmm, this is what I'm hearing. And he's able to forecast things. And people say predict the future. It kind of is like that. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Ah, dork. Wait, so that's the I part? The I is introverted, yes. So the N is intuition. So his dominant function is NI. And you see a lot of these funny letters all around and it takes some getting used to. But NI is introverted intuition. So that's where he spends most of his time. Just to so people know what we're talking about, like when when we take the if you guys take the exam and we'll we'll link the different, you know, tests that you can take, it's whatever your letter is, you know, the first letter or the second letter, there's facets to it. It's not just a static thing. You're you're talking about what's the particular what is it, function of each letter? 
function of each part of your ego, it really doesn't mm-hmm. have as much to do with the letters. I think the letters really oversimplify it. So I'm wary of actually saying that. So right. I would encourage everyone, if I haven't beaten everyone over the head with it enough, read about the cognitive functions because that's where true insight will happen. And that's why Doug's asking these types of questions. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So the J is judging, right? Yeah. So in, in, a, in a simplified way, and actually, you know what? I should have mentioned this in the beginning. Judging functions is how you make decisions. We either make decisions through logic, which is thinking, or feelings, which is feelings. So feeling dominant people make their decisions based on how they feel about something or how other people feel. That's introverted feeling versus extroverted feeling. Just like TE, uh, extroverted thinking versus introverted thinking. If you make decisions based on logic, extroverted thinking is like, what are the sources saying? Like what, what is out there? What is the majority of people? Right. What, do, what do the majority of people think externally? And hmm. TI is like critical of other people's way of thinking. And they're like, Hmm, yeah, I don't know about all that. They're like way more skeptical about things and they're way more um, focused on what they think personally. My mom is an, uh, a TI user and I'm a TE user. So I'm like, mom, here's the data. Here's the facts and information. She's like, I don't trust any of that. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> we fight all the time. <laughs> So ESTJ, so extroverted, sensing, thinking, and judging. Basically, your second function is the opposite of your first function, not opposite totally, but I mean, if your first function is introverted, like Doug's is introverted intuition, Meredith's is extroverted thinking, Doug's second function is extroverted. It's what he puts out to the world. And believe it or not, his is uh, extroverted feeling. So mm. when people talk to him, he always asks people how they're feeling. And he it makes a great therapist um, because you're, you're concerned about other people's feelings and you want to maintain harmony in your group. Yeah. And they tend to be very conflict avoidant. So when conflict happens, he's just like, well, hold on. He's way more likely to try to not soothe people, but try his best to mediate it with care and concern. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and marry the second function. Yours is introverted sensing. So introverted sensing is a perceiving function. Your sensing functions and your intuitive functions are perceiving functions. It's basically how you take in and retrieve information. So you're doing it through your senses by focusing on your internal experiences and your senses inside, even literally your body sensations. You're probably the type that knows you're going to get a cold like a week before it happens. And you're just like, oh, I don't feel well. And you sneeze and you're like, I know that's the sneeze. Right, right. And then you're fucking sick a week later and you, you knew. Right. So because you're sensitive to your own body. Yeah. And they and SI also uh, seeks familiar things that they know and understand. So they also, um, SI d- dominant people, for example, they draw on their own past experiences a lot. They really love to talk about their past. They're really great at telling detailed stories. And SI is also focused on like step-by-step thinking. So those are that's your first and your second. Doug's third function, basically it's called your child function. So again, we talk about the car model. The child function is almost like a 10-year-old, 8- or 10-year-old child in the backseat of the car who's a little bit annoying, who's ex- but it's also excited about stuff. That's totally me. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like what you get excited about. And Meredith and I are the same, as you know, and we both get excited about new and exciting. And, oh, that sounds fun. We like sometimes every now and again, we get bubbly and excited about stuff, new ideas, new possibilities. But then if we don't check in with that parent function of what we've seen before, we'll be like maybe doing shit like a little recklessly, a little impulsive, things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, Doug's child function is introverted thinking. So introverted thinking is focused on problem solving, but he struggles to be straightforward with his thinking. So like he has a hard time verbalizing maybe what he's thinking. Because introverted thinking is thinking that you do inside. And hmm. he probably is not great at telling people his own opinion on stuff. Ish. 
Well, I can tell you exactly what I think about that. (laughs) (laughs) This is, it's why for me, some of these tests uh, are really interesting to me because I think I can go back and forth on some of these to some degree, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And at the same time, no, not at all. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because I'm kind of one of those types that's a little bit of everything, sort of. Right. There's some things I'm definitely not. Yeah. But when you're talking about you and Meredith, you're nailing your each of you dead on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because it's I'm hearing all of this and thinking, you know, just the four letters that people understand for themselves about Myers Briggs, like, oh, I am INFJ. Like it doesn't tell you anything, really. It sort of might. I think most people popularly will say, yeah, because I'm an introvert. You know, I'm an INFJ. Like that, that doesn't right. mean the same thing as being an introvert. It's it's different. Yeah, agree. And when you were just breaking down with us was looking at similarly to the astrology breakdown that we did. It's learning that kind of language and learning like what you're talking about, because you're not just taking these four letters. You're looking at the breakdown of, of each particular cognitive process that was tested. And here's what kind of functioning you have on on each one of these. And this is what this could be like, right? Yeah. And what it might sound like in other people. So like introverts Mm. are misunderstood because it's hard to tap in and what they do put out when they do use their extroverted functions. You don't know like how difficult sometimes that might be for certain people to articulate their own feelings, for example, like for an introvert or um, something like that. That might be hard for Doug to talk about how he feels about things. And uh, it's even harder for Meredith and I who hate talking about feelings. They're just like, nope, no time for that. And we just, whoop, dip. and then, but if you so ignore true. the feelings for so long, I mean, that's the inferior function. The inferior function is uh, your fourth function. And for Meredith and I, it's introverted feelings. So it's almost like a kicking toddler in the backseat of the car. If you ignore that toddler for so long, he's just going to take over and um, you'll be gripped mm-hmm. by your feelings. You'll isolate from other people. You'll want to be left alone. Nobody, just leave me alone. And just like have an outburst, emotional mm-hmm. outburst. It doesn't happen that much, but eventually if you're so focused on your other functions, like I said, getting excited about stuff, solving problems, you know, doing a lot of extroverted stuff and you ignore that. How do I feel about it? Yeah. That thing can come and bite you in the butt. Right, Meredith? Yeah. Feelings are stupid. <laughs> just, shove, for just shove them down. It's only what you do for a living, but hey. I know. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. So uh, Doug's inferior function is extroverted sensing. So basically it's focused on your external experiences and senses and it seeks new experiences in your world. So that could be fun. And like suddenly you'll be like, I kind of want to take a trip. And you're like, you'll get excited about maybe taking a trip or something or going on some sort of adventure. Yeah, Doug hikes every day, like miles every day. There you go. Yeah. What do you do, Doug? Do you do a lot of reflecting on your walks? Do you think about things? What do you do? Depends. And it's funny because I will either put, you know, my AirPods in and just listen to a podcast or a book or I'll listen to music and then I'll be thinking of my own music and then I'll be in my head about that. But if there's somebody on the trail and we start talking, we'll just talk the entire way. Oh, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you flip-flop. I think we're all kind of like this. There are definitely days when, yeah. you know, you put the headphones on and you put on the like, don't fuck with me vibe and you just <laughs> want to be left alone. Right. And other times I know a lot of people who are who can do that and will also go outside like starved for human contact. And that's why yeah. pandemic has been really hard on a lot of people because you you can have that introvert vibe and be fine. But when you need that hit of other people or human contact of some sort and you don't have that as readily as we used to, you're lost. 
Agree. Yeah. Ultimately, and as feeling Haiti as we get, Meredith, we do have feelings. I, I mean. Yes. Many feelings. <laughs> but we, we tend to experience them alone. And when someone, I mean, I don't know about you, and I hope I'm not speaking for you here, but if someone actually does approach with genuine care and concern, we have a tendency to be like, no, <laughs> because it makes you feel weak almost, or that they're not valid, or like, no one cares what I'm yeah. feeling. Like, no one gets it anyway. Fuck it. And like, feelings are stupid. And like, right. I say that too much. And I'm like, all right, it's I'm not scared of my feelings, but I do like to experience yeah. them alone. And um, it's a very strong preference to do that. So group mentality making sure everyone's feeling good is very hard for me. And I think uh, someone like a Doug would be a good friend for me too, to like teach like group dynamics. Cause it's just hmm. Meredith and I are not afraid to be like, I disagree. And like, just like, we don't care. I mean, it's not about maintaining decorum in the fucking board meeting. This uh, is like, you know, all right, well. Sure isn't. I, yeah, I gotta, <laughs> sometimes I just have to literally bite my tongue and be like, don't talk, don't talk, don't talk. It's very hard. And I'm learning that too. I have an Enneagram coach myself and she's been helping me through that as well. But Ooh, um, fun. it's really good because it teaches you. I mean, and I know Doug's a two. I turn into a two in growth. And so do you, Meredith. So it's like, damn, we can care about other people and not have it come out like people pleasing, like artificial, like it's weird. Like when I try to care for other people, it sounds like bullshit because it's not something we naturally do very well. It's like, like genuine care and concern is hard to kind of show so we can hang with the dog and be better with like hmm. helping people like be their best selves and things like that and i think that's a cool gift it's cool hearing you break this down this way because i i think of it my therapist brain i mean i just have one brain but when i'm exercising <laughs> as a therapist i i listen to this and go wow this is the kind of stuff to bring into the room because a therapist yeah. can break this stuff down using therapy using psychology and kind of looking at, oh, well, I can hear things that you want to improve on. I can hear things that you're, you like that you're good at and things that you're, you're missing or you like in other people. Yeah. Let's talk about that and figure out what that means and, and what we do with that. That's where I get excited about all of these things, whether it's Enneagram, yeah. Myers-Briggs, you know, whatever you're using, because it's going to give you some sort of guide or some sort of uh, sometimes a kaleidoscope to see certain things and present it to your therapist or to somebody so you can make sense of it. Right. And I think it's all about improving your life, improving your relationships and having just a better experience overall. Totally. A hundred percent. Being your best self is really important. And like noticing your natural gifts and noticing things you might not, as you said, be great at, but knowing that you want to improve that is, is invaluable. I've gotten more life experience from my Enneagram coach than I have in any therapy. And it's, it's awkward to share um, publicly, but it's like, listen, this is all <laughs> the Enneagram. Once I understood how I was as an individual, I'm like, shit, I am never vulnerable. I never talk about myself. I don't, I protect that with my life. I'm like, nope. But I'm like, well, I'm like, we all have our own experiences and we grow from it. And you're kind of transformed once you realize like the Enneagram kind of hits you different. And you're just like, Ooh, I don't like this for this reason. And this is how we can improve it. So being vulnerable is hard, but um, I think it helps people relate to you better. So I think mm. being able to share parts of yourself is a good thing instead of a bad thing. And that's something right. I learned literally only like two or three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's literally, that's it. And I, I it, it's, it's very hard. And um, I told her I was doing this podcast. She's like, you should share something about yourself. I'm like, and I'm like, All right. you know, what? It, it's a good thing. Good and job. I, I think, thank you. Now I'm going to go into a hole and be by myself now, but <laughs> thank you for having me. Well, and I, I appreciate before we started, you shared your mother's maiden name, your social security name. It was, it was great. And I felt oh, like did you get that sharing. for the podcast description? Just making sure yeah. that's, that's yep. up there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll post it. We'll post it online. 
as people listen to this and think, oh, cool, I want to find out what my type is, but I want to stress it's not just the type. It's not just those four letters. It's a little more than that. And the, the test that you recommended that we're going to link on here, what would you say to people who either know their four letter type or want to know their type, what they should do, how they should use it, what, should, what they should do with, with the information if they find it? If they find it and they're certain of their type, it could be really like an aha moment for people when you're like, oh, so that's why, oh, this is what I naturally possess as a gift. I think seeing your type and honing in on it, not as a box to put yourself in, almost a box to take yourself out of, meaning I am built to solve problems and check things off a list. I am not built to bring people together. I am not built to be an ambassador to countries, but I'm built for solving solving problems and and systemizing and making things efficient and uh, finding better ways to do things. So noticing how you are naturally in your flow state. And by that, I guess I mean how much time you spend in your dominant function, about 90%. Embracing that as a strength instead of, a, oh, well, oh, is, oh, people don't like that. People don't like that. Right. It, it doesn't matter what people think. It matters what feels good for you. And I, I have never tried to be someone different, for example. It's very hard for me to put on an act or face or something for people. So it's always been this. And I'm like, well, this takes no energy. And you live a happier, healthier life once you're able to embrace you for who you are and how you understand the world. Um, right. So I think don't be afraid and thinking it just boxes you in and makes you, you know, distances you from people. It can help your strength shine and help people appreciate your strengths too. I like that. And if you learn someone else's type, again, being mindful of their type, it'll help you grow as a person if they are very different from you. Like Doug is very, very different from Meredith and I'm very different from Doug. So, but I don't have a lot of friends like Doug. I don't think I have any friends like Doug. So um, someone who's more insightful and who will process things differently will really help me understand the world differently. And again, perspectives are amazing. You should get a friend like Doug because he's the best. Yeah, Aww. he's awesome. I know. And I'm like, he's very, he's very <laughs> kind and, 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 and thoughtful, pragmatic. And he's like extremely logical, but also ex- you know, extremely empathetic. He's a really nice like mix of many different layers of human psyche. So I feel like he can bring everyone together. Like who can, yes. yeah, that's a really, it's a good vibe. Those types make the best serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> the personality type of serial killers. What the hell? We've talked about this, Mary, just in terms of like how I was fascinated with, with Charles Manson, Jim Jones, and then the guy from the, the Nexium, Keith Raniere, and oh, any yeah. of those like cult leaders are so charismatic and to me so troubled. I always wonder like, hmm, where did this come from? What's the psychology behind this? Why did they use their power? You said something earlier, Rebecca, like, well, you can use it for good. And this, then I was like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. could you use it for evil? Yeah. Cause I, I can see that's what people do. People do manipulate incredibly. I mean, that's everybody can in, in business too. You don't have to be a cult leader. You, you can be a business person and it's just looking at, Oh yeah, people can use that for not good. <laughs> yeah. And once they know what people will respond to. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's like using people's own thing against them, like their own vulnerability against them. Right, Meredith? We hate that. We don't let that happen. No, <laughs> we don't. We don't Knew do it. Or, you know, if you're praising them for their gifts and then they feel so special, like, oh, now they're special. I want to hang out with the person that makes me feel special more and more. And sure, I'll give them my money and sure, I'll tell them my innermost and then you're screwed. Right, right, 100%. That is very well said. So if you want to sign up for my cult. (laughs) 
I was going to say. That's like, that's the introvert intuition is like bringing it around home. And like, you do that so well that you're able to like culminate and like analyze all the data and being like, and then tell everyone what's kind of going to happen based on that trend. And that's, I, I love that, man, that is, you are an INFJ, Doug. You have to be. There you go. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And I use my powers for good. Thank goodness. Good. <laughs> um, Rebecca, thank you for joining us. I, I think this was this is great. Love the energy. And I love the breakdown. It does make me very curious about people's types and how they break it down. Like, will they just take their four letters and go, that's what I am? Or will they look deeper? Will they do anything with it? Hopefully, I mean, this is Meredith and I, our slant. Will they bring it to their therapist? And is it something they can talk about? Right. right? Very cool. And Rebecca, yeah. people want to find you. It's, do I have this right? Instagram, you've got uh, at mbti.babes. That's right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Perfect. Follow us for relatable and sometimes savage memes. When you have an eight in charge of memes, sometimes we could drag personality types. We could be a little mean. Amazing. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for having me. It was awesome talking to you guys. 